Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Threat Talk. Now, there's always a lot to learn and a lot to stay on top of for any cyber, uh, cybersecurity professional. And to help with this, in addition to podcasts, webinars, online courses, conferences, etc., there are also online communities that can serve as a very unique source of information and a, a unique type of network beyond that which you might have on LinkedIn or in other organizations or other social media. Now, I'm your host, Bob Hansman. Today, we have with us the community manager for Infoblox, Sunil Lamana, to help us understand the difference uh, between different types of communities, different types of members, and this is the more important part, the best ways to ensure that we're going to get the most out of any community you choose to join. So thanks for joining us, Sunil. Thank you, Bob, for having me on the podcast. I'm happy to tell people more about the Infoblox online community. Well, I'd like to start out by just on the higher level. I mean, communities, they've, they've evolved quite a bit over time. So today, what are we thinking of uh, as a community? I mean, there's different types, right? I mean, there's the casual ones and so forth. Yeah, right. Uh, what we're talking about here today is an online community where people from across the globe can digitally engage each other. Uh, community is a place where people can connect, build networks, and discuss topics that are of mutual interest to them. So uh, I know when I first got my job at Infoblox, a friend said, say hi to Ingmar for me. And I asked how he knew Ingmar, and he said they never met him in person, but they met through an online community. Um, people are connecting online these days with others that have similar interests. It's, it's a thing. Now, I know for like uh, tech support problems, um, I would go to like a forum uh, or just a bulletin board, uh, you know, search through their knowledge base. Um, how is this different? I mean, it's a lot more interactive, right? Yeah, it is. Um, so you can have some communities that are pretty basic. Um, they're hosted on something as simple as a Slack channel where members can post comments and questions and others can respond. Or you can have a community that offers uh, a lot more like our online community. Uh, so for example, we have multiple discussion forums covering networking and security topics, as well as Infoblox products and solutions. We also have a general announcement board where we can announce upcoming webinars and product releases. We have a tech video section with demo videos from our tech marketing engineers. We have links to thought leadership blogs and the website also has a list of trending support articles. So you can have a really basic community or one that's very broad and deep like ours. Well, and, and I like the way you, you outlined that because it goes everywhere from the very product specific stuff that, you know, only a customer would care about to some of the thought leadership type stuff that anybody in security might care about. So there, there's a lot of breadth there. Um, and I guess while I'm laying out, you know, the different kind of users, some that are there for thought leadership and some that are, uh, that are there for tips and tricks. Um, so there's members. You're the manager. Um, and I saw an email recently where you were talking about the, the super users that you got. What are the different roles that somebody might have on a, on a community um, outside of the trolls we sometimes run across in social media and other communities? Um, what are the different roles that a member might have? Uh, sure. So a community has several roles, as you mentioned. So I'll go through a couple of them. So I'm the website community manager, and my role as a manager is to design, manage, and build awareness about the community. So on a daily basis, I moderate the discussion boards, post content, get rid of spam, and escalate unanswered questions to subject matter experts. Being a community manager is pretty cool. I get to help see our customers interact directly with each other. 
uh, working with each other to solve problems real time. It's one of the, the better jobs I've had. And then you have the members of the community. You have different types. You have readers. Um, they're just uh, a lot of visitors to the community who might do a Google search on a generic term like IPv6. And one of our blogs may pop up. So they simply are directed to our online community. They'll read content uh, such as the blogs or discussion posts to enhance their knowledge and learn from their peers and other Infoblox employees. Uh, we have writers and they play a really key role. They add content such as um, blogs and answer questions and posts based on their experience and expertise. And then we have super users. So every six months, we identify our super users on the community site. Uh, these are members that contribute by sharing their knowledge at a really high level by posting a lot in the discussion forums and offering replies to posts. Uh, we especially appreciate the super user contributions. And so we try to reward them with Infoblox branded swag and invitations to special events, such as executive and subject matter expert discussions. And uh, yeah, we do have trolls. Um, they do things like post spam links uh, to websites they're trying to drive traffic to, or uh, some people misbehave, but as a moderator, my job is to look for that bad behavior and address it. Uh, I can tell you in general, our community members are really polite and very well behaved. So there's hardly any drama I need to deal with from trolls. Yeah, that, that, that uh, drama part can definitely uh, make your job a, a mess. Um, and I, again, uh, you mentioned, you know, the, the writers, and I wanted to point out that, again, one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation with you in particular is that um, I belong to a number of communities. Uh, I've mentioned on the, on the podcast before that I do a lot of gaming. I belong to a lot of gaming communities and stuff. And um, the best ones are the ones where uh, different members go out of their way to produce content, articles and information that everybody can use. Um, and you have a lot of people who do that. And to supplement that, I know that you actually even hire people to produce content to fill in gaps to make sure that the breadth, because you, you keep mentioning breadth, and I think that's, again, the value here, the breadth of information that you produce, you want to make sure there's always something there for, for everybody who might have DNS security concerns or, or just questions. Yeah, that's right, Bob. We have some guest bloggers. We want to make sure that the content is fresh and relevant and about um, current topics. And so in addition to our employees who blog, we have guest bloggers. So um, we, we have a lot of good content in the blogs, especially. Well, and you mentioned the content. That's where I want to get into next. Um, and at this point, warning to the, to the listeners, uh, we're going to go specifically into the Infoblox um, community. Um, but again, we're going to highlight the breadth of information that a community can provide. Again, um, we mentioned tech support type uh, uh, forums and, and communities that are just about troubleshooting and things like that. Uh, but you get into other things. But the first category of, because you've got lots of different categories, and I know that's one of the things you, you manage is you actually sometimes have to group things together. You define how this stuff gets grouped. Um, and while you have different categories, some of them I put into just the bucket of these are the things to help people troubleshoot the product or get the most out of the product. It's very product specific stuff. And I guess that's pretty common for a vendor community, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you have people who will um, put up posts uh, about a topic they just want to generate a, a discussion about. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, most of the posts are um, fairly product specific. 
about our, our products and how to use them. Uh, some of the posts are very technical and get down and dirty um, to help um, our members um, with a problem that they're having with the products. Um, we do have a lot of uh, kind of posts that are about best practices. And um, we, we span the, the variety of, uh, of different kind of posts. There's something for everybody. Um, there's a lot of great content in the discussion boards. Well, on the best practices, I wanted to, to talk about that a bit because you not only just are posting stuff, you actually do webinars for the community uh, in those kinds of areas. Um, you, you mentioned there's like access to videos for product demos and feature demos and how to do demos and things like that. But, um, you know, that's all like recorded content that you're just linking to. But you actually generate uh, and drive the development of, of webinars for this community, right? Yeah, we absolutely do. So um, if you look at our, our products and solutions, you can um, have some users that are using our, our um, DNS, DHCP, and IP address management product. They can add to that our security offering to have a better overall solution. And then they can um, make the solution even better by integrating with third-party products. So we've been doing a lot of uh, demo videos that we've been posting on the community about the integration of our Blocks One cloud solution with uh, third-party reporting tools um, from Splunk and others. And so, um, yeah, we uh, definitely drive the generation of content that we feel is valuable to our community members, and then we post that. Well, like you mentioned, sometimes the community members are actually even posting their own concepts or their own ideas to drive a conversation because they're hoping to learn something. Um, but your, uh, the, the, the blogs that you drive and the webinars you, you drive, while you've given some examples on the product side, I also want to highlight that there's a lot that is also more best practice side. Um, it's the kind of thing that people would use um, just to, to just up their game, even if they're not a, a Infoblox customer, they can, they can learn things out of those, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, just, it's not just product specific. We definitely have a lot of generic industry topics around networking and security that there are discussions about and webinars about, for sure. And then on the product specific, it's not Infoblox product specific. This is one of the things that I thought pretty cool because, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies out there will say, oh, yeah, we can integrate with everybody, you know. Um, and I remember actually talking to uh, analysts at Gartner and Forrester both brought this up. IDC kind of mentioned it indirectly. But the analysts um, say that when a vendor, security vendor comes and says, oh, yeah, we integrate with other products, they almost roll their eyes because what they what most of those vendors do is, oh, we can send information to a SIM. And, oh, yeah, we can send an alert to, like, some sort of a ticket manager, like a service now or something like that. Um, but that's the extent of it. But the Infobox solution does have some pretty tight integrations with a lot of different solutions, everything from endpoint products to source solutions. And there are forums, or I don't know if you, you call them forums in the, in the community <laughs> where people are talking about those. Yeah, that's what we call them. And so those conversations, those are getting into advice on how to get the most out of somebody else's product that you're trying to use alongside of, of the Infoblox solution, right? Yeah, we have discussion boards about our third-party vendor integrations, as well as um, discussion boards specifically about our, our products around security and networking, yeah. 
Yeah, I specifically was noticing quite a bit around Splunk, um, particularly the Splunk Phantom, Phantom which, um, of course, Splunk bought that, uh, that tool. Uh, Splunk's been a sim for a long time, and, of course, again, uh, they obviously were, were getting at all the data that um, Infoblux uh, can provide on DNS. But then when they brought in the, bought their source solution, renamed it to Phantom and really started pushing that, they're doing a lot of integration. I've noticed a lot of activity around that right now. Is that uh, normal, an ongoing thing, or is that a spike right now in activity? I'd say it's a normal thing. Yeah, we've been doing integrations for a while now, and we have quite a few partners we integrate with. Um, uh, including, you know, Checkpoints, Firewalls, uh, Splunk's Phantom product. Uh, we integrate with Qualsys, uh, even Palo Alto Networks. So it, I would say it's a spike. I'd say it's an on, ongoing thing. Now, what is what is maybe is, um, interesting is um, adoption will increase over time, right? And so you'll see more and more posts about the third-party integrations. I imagine that adoption grows as um, the community members themselves start moving around and seeing things. They come for one thing and then they uncover other information that's available and they start getting deeper and deeper into the community. Is that a normal progression? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, one of the reasons like a lot of vendors will create a community is number one, it offloads tech support, right? Because mm -hmm. you mentioned very early on, you got members helping members with problems um, and providing tips and tricks. Um, but the other reason is that um, it builds um, just, you know, it builds a relationship that they may not have with uh, their salespeople and so forth. Um, how, how much do you see that in the Infoblox community? I, I see quite a bit. Um, the community is, um, is at its core, a way of bringing people together. And um, because it's online, it's up, you know, 24 hours a day. It's available worldwide. Um, and so especially the people who um, post a lot and, um, and answer a lot, they start to develop uh, relationships because of all the people on the planet, um, there's only a, a small number that um, are working in the space and, um, can answer the questions that you have. So it's a, a really powerful tool. And when you have somebody, you know, help you with something that you're having a problem with, um, it's a, it's a bonding experience. And so, um, there, there are lots of relationships that get built online from people who never even meet each other face to face. I belong to a couple of the, um, other vendor kind of things, and it's always very centralized on that vendor and their products and their functions. Um, but again, the openness of, of the Infoblox one. Matter of fact, I, I noticed um, there's uh, a discussion group around um, using Palo Alto Next Gen Firewall, which has been a long-term integration partner uh, for Infoblox, even though, so they kind of compete, but they're also integration partners. You know, it's one of those co-opetition things, which most security products are. Um, but also uh, there's a lot of activity in the checkpoint uh, firewall uh, community or sub discussion. And I noticed them actually, some of them that are like frustrated with their solution, asking the other ones. So it's like, it has nothing to do with Infoblox. It's just, hey, I'm using this next gen firewall. I'm having these problems. Does anybody else know a solution for it? So it's like the discussions go way 
uh, beyond what Infoblox would, would have anything to do with. Yeah, we, we have over a thousand discussion posts a year. And you're discussing not only with Infoblox subject matter experts like our employees, but also a lot of your peers in the industry. And so, um, you know, at your company, there might be a handful of people who are working in networking security like you. And um, even if you contact our customer support, uh, they may not be familiar with your exact environment. But when you're in a discussion board with thousands of people who are experts on networking security, it's likely that you'll run into somebody who's familiar with your environment or your question who can give you some good advice. Yeah, and that uh, that access to, to peers, I mean, that's one of the things I look for. Even when I go to like a conference and stuff, they might have all the all the the, the different sessions and the, the keynote kind of interesting. But the main value I'm looking for is uh, hearing from others that are you know working the same problems I am. Um, and I wanted to ask you about the number of, of discussions you mentioned. You know how many get generated uh, every year. Um, and insecurity, I mean, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I've been here forever almost, it seems. Um, when I got into security, there was only desktop antivirus um, and there were for firewalls. That was it. Those are the only two security solutions you could buy. And today, I feel like uh, a doctor that started back in the 1800s when there was just doctors and you were the doctor. You had to know everything because that's the realm of medicine but today we have so many specialists and today you get into to the cybersecurity market where it's also just as specialized you can be extremely knowledgeable in certain areas and not in others which is where that peer sh information sharing is going and so as i was looking through the community and looking at some of the different discussions again there were some that were very specific um but it was obvious from some of the questions being asked there it was somebody that Hey, uh, yeah, I've been in security for 15 years, but um, I've never had to deal with this before. Has anybody else? Um, I mean, that looked like a pretty common, a pretty frequent kind of a of a of a question. Um, would you agree? From you know, as the manager who sees it all, because I obviously there's lots of corners in this community I haven't been able to make it into yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, security these days it's not about one solution like antivirus. It's about depth and defense, right? The, um, you have lots of solutions. You have uh, firewalls, antivirus, and what Infoblox focuses on specifically is uh, DNS protection. That's a way the data can be exfiltrated across uh, the DNS channel. And so in the community, we have 25,000 registered members. Um, we have over uh, 300,000 blog views a year. And as I mentioned earlier, over 1,000 discussion posts a year. So there's a, a lot of engagement, a lot of activity. Um, you have access to almost any kind of security expert, you know, on the planet essentially. And uh, as you mentioned, um, it's more about just antivirus. Security now covers many, many domains. Well, and you also mentioned on the planet. This is a this is a global community too. I mean, Infoblox has been, uh, you know, basically a, a Fortune 500. Um, you know, mainstay just from the networking stability and, and reliability standpoint. Uh, everybody, you know, has pretty much uh, Infoblox as a foundational part of their networks, and it's and it's global. Um,
So the members, um, you see a lot of international activity out there. We do, yeah. Uh, it is worldwide. Uh, most of the activity is in the U in the U.S. Um, we have um, a lot of activity in, in Europe. That's probably the the next uh, region that produces the most volume, and then uh, you know all of Asia. So yeah, it, it's totally worldwide. Yeah, I saw a lot of uh, of activity out of India um, when I was there, uh, which is particularly important for our, our uh, podcast audience. Um, I'd say uh, a good portion of our listeners are actually from that that uh, that region, uh, if not from India specifically. We're we've got 16 countries that uh, people listen to the podcast from on a regular basis. Um, but uh, the last thing I wanted to get into, um, and you kind of were talking about this, where you know you've got all those experts who've been doing you know security for a long time, and they've got different experience at you, and they start sharing it. So the best practice kind of, of information that's out there, um, how, how much is, I mean, I imagine it was all very product specific when you first joined and started running the, the community. Um, how well is the best practice and the higher level uh, kind of conversations, how have those evolved over the years? So, yeah, um, I would say that they've gone from being um, you know more about DNS, which is our focus, to um, to broader to broader topics, and so um, you know every year there's something new trending in the industry, whether it's the networking industry or the security industry. You have the migrate migration to the cloud, for example. So we have a lot of um, posts about uh, the cloud and cloud migrations and how people are using the cloud. And um, beyond that, um, you have a lot more happening in the security space. A lot of um, ransomware attacks, nation state attacks, uh, financial institution attacks. And so you have a lot um, more kind of higher level discussions about what's happening in those two industries. Yeah, I did see a lot around the, the Ukraine war and, and uh, nation state risks, which is come up dramatically. Um, uh, now, unfortunately, we are kind of running a little bit uh, short here on time coming up to the end, but I wanted to, to ask you if you could wrap up because you mentioned the readers, you know, and so if people don't want to participate, they can just use the forums and, and come and get the information from the discussion groups and, and, you know, and a lot of it shows up in Google searches and so forth. But um, to get the most out of the community, what would be your advice if somebody's going to join not just our community, but any community? What are some of your advice on how to get the most out of that? Yeah, so um, I definitely recommend that you register to become a member of a community site because that way you can participate in the discussion posts. So if you're not registered, you can read the posts. But if you're a registered member, you'll be assigned a username to identify yourself. It's a generic name. It's not your full name. And we never share private information. Um, so you can be as anonymous as you want to be. But uh, if um, you register, you're allowed to post and allowed to reply to posts. And that's where I think you get the most value out of being a member of a community. Um, but even if you're not registered, you can still read all the blogs and all the posts. So just going to the community and seeing if there's anything that interests you um, is the most important step. Uh, you can go to the Infobox community. It's at uh, community.infoblocks.com, and there's a join the community button in the top right. Now, 
Um, I imagine that by joining, that also means that while you're not getting, I mean, it's not scraped for marketing purposes. That's right. Make sure people understand that, that the community is kind of a, a, a sacrosanct uh, group here that, um, and most vendors have that policy as well. They do treat communities a little, little with a little more um, marketing respect. Uh, but by registering, you also get notified of those special kind of events like the webinars and when um, I do know that you've uh, even promoted to community when some new third-party research, something from the Sands Institute or something from uh, Gartner comes out or Forrester that's relevant, uh, you've promoted that to the group as well, right? That's right. Yeah, in our general announcements section, and people can subscribe to that so they'll get notified. Right. So it's, again, another, another thing that's optional. You kind of pick how much you want to be engaged in the community or not. So... Um, any final thoughts or advice you would give uh, somebody who's, you know, maybe shied away from communities so they don't want to join yet one more group? Uh, yeah, I would, I would just tell you that there is a lot of great content in our community as well as, well as others. And uh, um, it, it actually bothers me thinking about all this great content being there and people not taking advantage of it. And not only the content, but also the ability to, to interact with your, your, your peers. Um, it's uh, a great tool. It's actually really in enjoyable. <laughs> I know a lot of people who um, spend quite a bit of time on it and people love sharing their expertise. They love learning from seeing about the um, problems and issues their peers are having. Um, so it's just a, a great experience overall. Um, I'm especially proud of the blogs on our sites. So um, I tell you, we have really great authors and guest authors. And so I'd highly recommend that you, you check those out. Um, I read all of them, and I find them all to be really um, interesting. And I uh, also, as I was perusing, I noticed that in some of the discussion groups, there were like two or sometimes three people that were discussing a particular issue. And then I find the same three people in someplace else, and they were actually calling each other out. They they built this relationship. And like the the one you were talking about earlier, it's like, well, we've never met, you know, your friend. I've never met this person, but I've met him in a community. And and they know know people, um, and uh, so I, I think again that uh, that you hit the right point here. The 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 peer connections that you make through it. Um, but I do want to again underscore um, we gave a lot of examples because again this is an Infoblox uh, sponsored podcast. Mostly Infoblox customers are listening to it, and there's a lot of Infoblox information in the community. But um, there's also a lot of higher level stuff that can benefit you for all of your security, uh, you know, different areas of security that you need to deal with, address, or at least understand um, the breadth of information there. Um, that's one of the things that makes this community a little unique. It's not just a vendor troubleshooting tech support uh, way to get customers to help customers so that we don't have to have, have you call our support lines and things like that. That's what a lot of vendors do. Um, but the Infoblux one is uh, much more I would say full service uh, community. Would that be a good way to capture it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a really great resource about what's happening in the networking and uh, security industry. Well, unfortunately, we are coming uh, kind of to the end of our time here, but I want to thank you for joining us, Sunil. Yeah, thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. That's uh, um, something I'm always happy to do to talk about the, the community. Well, I'm sure we'll have you back. 
And I would like to thank all of our viewers and listeners for your time as well. And please join us next time as we continue our efforts to help you stay on top of cybersecurity and ahead of cyber risks on Threat Talk.